1: Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
0: Hello and welcome to Monday's edition of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. It's uh, another opportunity to round up an exciting weekend of SPFL Premiership Action. Cinch uh, SPFL Premiership Action, I should, I should, I suppose, use the, the official name. Um, I am joined today, I'm Craig Anderson, and I'm joined today by Tony Anderson.
1: Hello, Craig. Uh,
0: so, two, two weeks running, Tony, and um, hopefully we won't have any of the, the disgraceful errors that, that you you made last week, yeah. which... Uh,
1: I really yeah, let myself down
0: yeah um. And not, not knowing that Philip halander was maybe maybe it would have been four 0 if he'd been playing instead of four two, who knows. <laughs> Although um, after
1: watching today's game maybe you could um, the weekend's <laughs> game you could maybe see the the opposite.
0: <laughs> um but yeah, so we are uh, yeah, we're going to run through the, the six premiership games and Tony and I did not plan who was hosting before the, the show, so I am I'm doing it now and um I'll I'll try and remember all, all six but we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna start, eh? <laughs> start at the because I think it's the one we might have the most discussion about um, the the TV game from Sunday which was Dundee United 1, Rangers 1 a thoroughly enjoyable game for, for many reasons um, and uh, probably an, another hammer blow for Rangers I mean they're, they're not out of it but for Rangers title hopes, it's uh, four games without a win now um, in the league despite their heroics in Germany in midweek
1: yes, it's, I didn't actually that, thanks for bringing it up, I didn't actually know they'd, they'd went four games without a win but just the, the football comes so Thick and fast these days that you that you sort of just it all kind of washes over you at points, but um yeah, that's 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 quite worrying for for Rangers. But despite Dundee United getting such a good result, despite all the plaudits that they they deservedly get, I still think they they got pretty lucky in the end there. And in terms of if I was a Rangers fan, I wouldn't be overly worried. Maybe the first half was a bit stodgy for them, but the second half. I mean, it was. I felt like I watched the ball go across the United's six-yard box for forty-five minutes. So that was obviously the the what Dun- what Rangers wanted to do, and they were able to do it. Just Morelos didn't have his shooting boots on, and they couldn't really get the finishing touch.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you, Tony. Because I mean, I've said this before on the show. But when I am watching a game or at a game, and I know I'm going to be on the podcast to talk about it, I sit and kind of, you know, I'm always thinking, you know, what, what am I going to say about this game in the first half? I was like, I'm going to be really quite. Praise, full of praise for Dundee United and the way they played and I thought in the first half they, they were spot on and then in the second half I was like, do you know what, Rangers have done absolutely everything they should do to win this game, I don't think you can really be too critical of a performance in terms of the way they attacked I mean, may, maybe there was a little bit of a lack of precision in their attacks, it was very much lash a bunch of crosses into the box um, but nonetheless they did more than enough creation-wise to to win the game and and Dundee United deserve the point for the doggedness of their performance but they were, I mean, probably you play that game ten times and they do lose it nine times, it's not you can't rely on luck with people hitting woodwork, you can't rely on every single block coming off and you can't rely on some, some poor shooting every single time but nonetheless, the the back the, the def- I mean the whole defence the goalkeeper everyone else the the effort they put into preventing that second goal and and the first goal before it happened was was phenomenal it was um it was it was a rare kind of throwback game almost
1: yeah I just like we've done the United in fairness to them um so this isn't a, a once off I mean this season I would say they've they've been very good at they certainly haven't conceded a hell of a lot of goals to the to the old firm. And they obviously got the win against Rangers in, in the opening day. So I mean, as much as it pains me to say, as I always say, because I just, uh, for no real reason, I don't like Thomas Courts and I can't really put my finger on why, but I don't and that's just the way it is. Um, <laughs> I think they, they 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 do seem to be able to create a game plan where they where, they, where they are able to hold out. I mean, it was basically a, what, a 5-3-2 they went with. In this game, in Niscusen, it's was in this game in the first half I thought was really, really good going both ways, uh, defensively and in attack. I thought he was really unlucky when he when he got inside and and he curled it round. But I thought there was sort of like a game plan executed for Dundee United in the first half, but then like we were just saying, the second half, it just became just you just defend with your absolute life. There was no because re- they were clearing the ball and there was no way of getting out. They weren't passing the ball to try and hold on to it. They were just clearing it up the pitch. And, and I understand that. I don't want to be overly critical because Rangers were, um, were incessant because they obviously had so much to gain. But it's one of those, that feels like because Rangers were almost... Um, shooting into the Dundee United fans, I feel like if you switched it round the other way they definitely would have scored another goal because that feeling that you always get when the fans of Rangers and Celtic almost suck the ball in. Um, but Dundee United fans were there to help repel it, if you like, on the other side.
0: Yeah, and I mean I, I think it's something that I mean not not to, to go off in a tangent too much. It's something that's overlooked a bit when, when you hear Rangers or Celtic fans saying no, oh, you know, why you know, why well, you've got these empty seats, why aren't you selling them to our fans and um I mean, one thing is it can make a difference it on the pitch, can. like you described. I mean, I know from from I mean Kelly previously having two ends um, given away to to Rangers um, Rangers or Celtic fans. It wasn't because yeah you're shooting into their fans at both ends, and then when it went to the one which will hopefully stay if we if we ever do get back up, it does make a difference in terms of having your own fans behind one of the goals, the goal that you're you're shooting into in the second half. And Kelly on several occasions have scored winners down that end I mean we, to be fair we did it a, a couple of times when when their fans were at that end as well but it does feel like it gives you it just gives you that wee boost and, and, and I agree with you like the Dundee United fans there's no doubt and and I share your misgivings on course I, I mean Fowler and I did a pre-season podcast and I was unsure on them um in general um he has impressed me in ways. I think there's, there's been issues. I think they've they've still been pretty dull um, a lot of the time. But yeah, you can say that's, dull. You can say organized. It's it's, it's
1: I think sometimes that, I think, the same thing. I think that's really fair because uh, people tried to... You get into a little period where everyone was trying to say that he was he'd sort of moved under United on from last season, and there was a period when that was a case. I've been mean, round when they beat. Uh, Hibbs 3-0 at Easter Road they were really firing at that point and there was so much of their team I spoke about the left hand side of their team was, was really impressive around that point and, and it was really really clicking and they were doing numbers on teams like like Hibs amongst others but uh, over time it has sort of just reverted back to exactly how they played last season where it's I think they've got the most 1-0 victories and the most 1-0 defeats Marked up, so it's like he's almost just carried on what they're doing. But to be fair, he did have little periods where he got really good results, and he can certainly organise a team. And maybe with a few more transfer windows, as he gets sort of more creative players in, that he will try and evolve them as they go. So, I mean, he certainly bought himself time in this season. Somebody last, really. I mean, Hibbs done it last season. Being organised and having a few match winners in your team is, is enough to to get you to get you Europe. It seems. Uh, so I mean, it's hard to to, to overly criticise.
0: Yeah, and and I think the, the like Charlie McGrew is so important. You saw him so often during that game, and, and I mean, I, it felt like the first ten minutes of the game was just a combination of. Uh, like the directors zooming in on Alan McGregor taking a goal kick and Charlie McGrew like ushering his team on and being a leader on the park and, and he was he has been a he's been one of the signers of the season and, and again he was he was phenomenal in this game. Um you, you know, chucking his body, putting his body on the line constantly. And you know, at his age, um, you know, he's he's in his mid thirties at this point. You wouldn't know it. He's a, he's an incredibly fit guy. Um he's, he's he's almost got fitter with age, I think, and
1: I'm better. He's because that style that you're talking about, that that was when he played for Celtic, for example, in in Scotland there was always doubts about him in a centre half role. People didn't know that he had the the sort of organisational skills, maybe the awareness. So I think it is fair to say maybe if he'd, maybe if Charlie Mulgood had played centre half early in his career, he could have even had a sort of like grown into that role and done and played there more. By the time he hit twenty seven, twenty eight, he might have been even playing at an even higher level than he than he obviously did, which is still an extremely high level.
0: Yeah, and I mean, yeah, he, he his, his career. Um, he had a very good career for a guy who was a joke figure up until, you know, he, 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 I mean, remember when he signed for Celtic? Everyone was like, "What the hell are they up to?" Um, and and he turned out to be turned out to be one of their, their be- better players in that el- early part of the the nine in a row that they got. Um, but yeah, and in general, they can be happy with the point for for Rangers. Like I... I thought, I'd, I'm not a big fan in general, but I thought Sakala made a big difference. They, now, I don't like him as a forward. I think he's he's, he's not cut out for this type of game as a forward, but he put him on down that right-hand side and the zip on those crosses that he was putting in, I mean, he had the one that, that, that skiffed, skiffed the bar, but there were so many balls that he put across that box that were just asking to be tapped in. And I think it was you and I last week spoke about, it was me and somebody spoke about, when, when they say about players putting a ball into a, that's a good ball, even though there's nobody well,
1: to get they, on the end of the well, It's not Carden, a good yeah. ball.
0: Yeah, yeah, but in this case, um, there were people to get on the end of them. they were fantastic balls, and it was consistent, and it was an onslaught. Balls from the right, mostly, but there were some coming in from the left, and Kent was kind of causing mischief um, at times down the left. I, I, Again, I said it at the start, I don't think Rangers could have done more to try and win that game.
1: Yeah, I just I I, would, I agree with you about Sakala. I mean, you saw him; he got he got a goal with a fizz cross uh, against Annan that, that I think me and you were sp- speaking about as well. And that I, I'm starting to prefer him in in a wide role because he's direct enough and his crossing looks better than his finishing. Um, he'd been used in a striker role occasionally. It's something we had misgivings about when the signing first came in, and you heard about him being a pacey player who, who would play on the shoulder. I was like, that sounds very specific to European games for, for Rangers maybe playing away from home and to be frank he's probably not going to get playing a lot of them because Morelos is, is is so good and specifically so good in Europe so I was starting to wonder but he, he does look when, when he's playing wide and as an impact player against tired but he, he seems quite confident and and he and he wants to go for it. And and like you said, the, the the balls in were great. And the weird thing is is that Morelos was reading them and he was getting on the end of them. It's not like there wasn't anyone there. I just they just were hitting off them the wrong way. I mean it's 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 the it's the only thing that stops Morelos being fucking outrageously good, is because he he, he can he he is he, he is wasteful for a goal, but he just gets an obscene amount of chances and he's able to make his own through sort of brute force and will. Uh, so you get so many chances, but in this one, it just it just wouldn't land in, and Seagress made a a few good, great saves. And I thought I thought Ryan Kent actually had a really really good game out on the out on the left hand side as well.
0: Yeah, I, I just thought in in general, sort of as I'm footing about, making sure my battery doesn't run out. If, if you heard some weird noises there, that's what that is. Um, I feel like it's better to better to explain the reason that someone <laughs> go what one the hell is that. I thought I thought I was going to be able to do it quietly, and, and I was not. Um, the yeah, I thought Ken. I mean, he, he was obviously um, uh, imperious against Dortmund um, on Thursday, and and I was actually surprised to see so many of the same players. Playing, I think it was just one change. It was just Helander coming back in. Is that right? Yeah, um, yeah. That was my. I, yeah, I was um, really shocked
1: at that as well. I thought they would have made a, a few changes. And because Celtic done that, Celtic made a few changes. But in fairness, both teams had their had their struggles, regardless yeah, of how they yeah. done it.
0: And 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 it almost, might have made more sense for Celtic not to, because you're like, well. The, the, I mean the tie's not dead but there, there's a slim chance of I mean they could I mean they are very much capable of going to Norway and, and winning and of course they are but um it, it did feel like yeah I was surprised to see it but I mean at the same time Van broadcast probably thinks they can play three games you know they can play three games in the space of a week maybe it was keeping them on their toes you know you, there, there is too much rest as well so I don't know but anyway yeah they, they can was quiet in the first half as a lot of Rangers players were but it did really feel like in the second half he was, he was getting a lot of space um, he was finding that kind of gap in between, between Smith and um, and Edwards or Smith and um, whoever was kind of occupying that, that space in the right hand side of the midfield there was also a couple of different guys at different points but he he was drifting in and he was making things happen but I, I do think his final ball still lets him down at times, and I think we talked about Sakala and The quality of his was good. Kent had a mixed bag, I would say. Um, he he may be.
1: It's so it's so frustrating with Kent because Kent is such a high quality player uh, in terms of Scottish football. Um, the ability to do the the sort of sprint at a standing start is actually unrivalled. There actually really isn't that many players who can do who I've ever seen being able to do it to the level of him. It's only really a handful of players that are really really good at that sort of worldwide. You know, when they can stop dead and then they can just accelerate on past someone once they, they once that player sort of plants his feet uh, and and he's ability like to turn. And you're right. If he if he added a consistent end product, he could be the player that he absolutely has the. The sort of pure potential to be and it's the only reason that I suppose he ever was ever at company Rangers with the, the sort of ability and the, the sort of the, even he, he step overs loads of people do step over, but at the pace that he does it and then he's able to go on the outside and we saw what he'd done to Dortmund I mean that's at, at, the, at the pretty much the highest level and he was completely able to torment them his key pass for the goal was really good when he was able to hold up for Bassey and played the little through ball and, and sort of Rebo got on the end a bit But in terms, I wanted to move on to players that maybe. Ross Graham had a a very interesting game, but we're not going to go too much into decisions because I'm going to be asking Craig on the Patreon loads of questions. We're going to do a ref watch for Craig, being a former ref himself, uh, to go through the rules about certain uh, individual incidents over the weekend. So I'm not going to go too much into them now. But in other players, I didn't. Ross Graham's a great header, but he absolutely bullies Hilander to get in there and. Uh, just to go on to Holander in general, I'm obviously uh, people who listen to this all know that I'm I'm a huge Hollander fan, but he looked uh, rusty, to to say the least there, Craig.
0: Yeah, he's one of these guys that you think with the size of him and, and you know how good he can be in there that he shouldn't ever basically get dominated in there. He should be, you know, at both ends uh, just a massive threat, but he does have a tendency to and you know, get caught under balls and get caught you know get caught out physically by people and, and graham is a, bit, a big boy but he, he, you would expect someone like hillander size to eat him for breakfast but he didn't do that at all and, and it, i mean it was great desire to get on the end of that and um I, as i said i talked about more growing and um, obviously graham at the other end of his career he's making his way at dundee united um, after a, a tricky one spell earlier in the season well, i was going and, to ask you
1: about that because you will know better than me but as far as i was I aware mean, it, it didn't didn't go particularly well in the film, but he's come back and he's he's sort of making a role from. He's played a lot recently. I was talking about. He's he's sort of moved McMahon out the team, and I was talking about that with you last week. And now he's getting a goal against Rangers and a big part of our back to the wall display. It's, it's it's really weird when that and it does happen from time to time. Player goes down to the championship, doesn't work out, and then suddenly he finds the right place for himself at a higher level.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I. I, I... Don't, I think when we played Dunfermline, I was rubbing my hands looking forward to playing against him after hearing, but I don't think he actually played that game, I think they just brought in Mark Connolly at that point to play centre half, so he didn't actually play the the only time that we played Dunfermline while he was, he was on loan there, as far as I remember, but um, he there was a game, I'm trying to think who it was against, um, I want to say United, but it was someone that they played against and they got pumped in. and I'll, I'll check and he, and he was at fault for three goals uh, in the same game.
1: So for, for, him, for him to be able to sort of turn that around in the same season uh, at a higher level is impressive and Courts has put a lot of faith in him and thing think Courts, well, you definitely can't argue with his, his, his willingness to, to, to give young players a, a chance and to play and um, but yeah, he 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 was impressive along with with Edwards and and Mulgrew and Rangers. Like I said, set pieces that the, both sides of the old firm sort of fell foul to um, over over the weekend. And to go back to Holander, I just I was it wasn't just that that aerial battle stood out. And I'll tell you, he made a fool of me on a group chat, a different group chat. I was writing oh, Hollander's back, good for Rangers, best out and out defender in the league straight away. <laughs> Eyes of OJ's <emojis the> second <laughs> that, that 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 comes up, <laughs> uh, but even when he was running out with the ball, he looked slow. He looked cumbersome. He got away with a few, but he's touched them down, and he had to almost side tackle it away. And I, I wouldn't have been surprised if he got taken off half time. But I'm sure he'll get to get. It was a, it was a pretty long term injury, and uh, they need to get him fit because Goldson's for next season. Even you're talking Goldson is going to be. By all intent, it looks like he's going to be away. He's not signed a new deal. Um, John Suter's coming in, so you would think the idea is that Helander's going to be sort of like the bit of the, the statesman, the guy with the experience to playing for Rangers in the, in that defence. So it'll be important for Rangers to get him to get him fixed. So I think there might be a lot of changes. Barisic not having a great season could see him be being on his way out. Even though there might not be the same amount of takers as there was, uh, there might have been if they sold them a year ago. Um, so yeah I think Holander will be very important for Rangers and they'll have to make sure that they can get them back to fitness properly
0: yeah I agree and, and I, I agree with you I think the, the turnover they maybe didn't actually quite turn over enough in, in the summer and the turnover will be be a big big uh, big issue in the summer and they'll have to get it right and um, we'll, we'll see with that because I, I maybe have my doubts if I'm broadcast um, if the players he identifies will be the right ones um, just just based I don't know based on a feeling of what he's done so far but anyway we had better move on because we've done 20 minutes in the first game Tony um, we'll move on we'll just go to the Sunday's the other game get, get those out the way just um, well they were interesting to... this week that was the beauty yeah, well, yeah. Uh, I, I, as I say starting with those two we, we finished with them last week because they were dull, dull as dishwasher, dishwasher dishwasher dull as a dishwasher <laughs> uh, that's not what I meant to say uh, last week but um, this week at least this week uh, yeah they. I watched I watched a lot I watched an hour of this game um, and Celtic were not at their best but they did um, ultimately get the win against Dunfermline, uh, Dunfermline uh, against Dundee Mark McGee's Dundee them, there we go uh, that put them uh, three points clear at the top Jack um, Amakis player who I think we've both had doubts about his ability and um, Shutting us up with a hat trick. Yeah,
1: um, as I said the thing about Jackie Marcus that i have in doubt was was his all round game. One thing I really liked about him is, and I was speaking about this last week, and I spoke about it after the Hearts game is, I think, like I said last week specifically, he, he strikes me as really a really good backup striker for Celtic because he wants to play in between the posts, and Celtic can really afford to have that type of striker. They should have that type of striker, especially when they're. Maybe struggling for a goal in their onslaught. Someone who's like his ability to get across his man, his runs to the front post are really, really good. Everything he does is to sort of concentrate on scoring goals. Plus, he's got the height and the strength. But I don't know how much that suits Celtic's sort of wider game, especially uh, under Ange Postacoglu. When you see what, when he plays Kyogo, centre forward, for example, it's a completely different style, and I think it suits it more. But yeah, Jackie Macus. He's certainly a gold scorer and and for the money that they got him for I think that's more than enough for, for him to be in Celtic as I said can can afford to sort of carry a, a striker like that but he's big he's bold and, and and he had some really really tidy finishes in that game
0: To be honest if that goal yesterday is the one that wins in the league then that in itself is enough to pay for his transfer fee I mean it might or it might not be but um, they're looking they're looking kind of invincible to <laughs> Not, not in the sense of, like, they obviously got pumped in midweek and, and well beaten by um, and the Norwegian champions, but domestically they're looking back to themselves where even when they play poorly, even when they're going into the last 10 minutes not winning, they find a goal. It's not the first time they've done it recently, and yet again um, they, they pop up with one. And yeah, I think that's it, about it, the fourth it,
1: time it, this season they must have come up with a late goal that got them a win. And it it does
0: start to, you know, it does start to point to them they're still big games ahead but I think at the start of the season when they, the way they started under Postacoglu, you were thinking they're not even going to be close to Rangers here and now they're probably just favourites, I mean I think it could go either way but you'd probably put them just as narrow favourites just by being you know, three points, now there are only what 10, 11 games to go so it's not like um, it's not like a long chunk of the season still left Um, and so yeah, there's, there's that, but I would say this performance wasn't great. They did, as you say, they did bring the changes a wee bit. Um, I, they were very lucky. They were very lax defensively. The defensive performance was much in line, I would say, with what um, what we saw earlier in the season. Like Hart looked a wee bit hesitant at times. Uh, the the centre-backs were just, just a wee bit shaky. Uh, and the fullbacks were just letting balls, in. there was just all these little things that they had stopped doing. But I don't know how much of it was Dundee went with an interesting setup, but did did leave players up the park um, for a big chunk of the game, and and I do think that can make a difference because it's just an annoyance factor. It just stops. It's Rangers and Celtic, but especially Celtic. I know they just want to be able to bring the ball out from the back. They want to basically press the game so that they are. Defence, the entire game's being played in your half of the park, and if you can leave bodies up, force them, you're not stopping to. them doing that a wee bit,
1: yeah. Because they want they like Celtic want the pitch to be absolutely tiny when they've got the ball, in terms of like they're playing in this tiny little box, and all their and every single player is pretty much in their half. And if you try and clear it, they'll just have Vickers, who's pretty quick, who, who can just run back and collect it, and they they, they sort of jog over again, and, then, and then, then you just start it all again. But you're right, with I think Celtic are so good, is that is it even worth... It's probably better to try and stem that by leaving bodies up there than having 11 men behind the ball. Because I still feel that you'll probably still lose a goal at some point with the 11 men behind the ball anyway. I, that, that may be unfair. I mean, Livingston... I mean, people just turn around and tell me, Livingston done that, no problem. And they've got away with, um, with points twice, twice this season. But on the whole, um, I, I do find that... I think you just you need to do it if you're going to get anywhere against Celtic and sort of stop the tide the the Dundee's team I was a little bit surprised when I saw it I was surprised that McGee like came straight in and, and, and sort of Zach Rudden was was on the bench especially with them playing he, he started with with two strikers basically in and McMullen and, and Mullen in the way that they were playing and neither was was Zach Rudden. and I mean is it going to be that Really weird situation that Rodden's is he going to get stung here? <laughs> he moves to a manager and and the idea is how to play every game, and now suddenly he's going to to be backup. I, I know it's the first time, but it did it, it did seem telling that I don't know. Have I read too much in it?
0: It's it's always hard to tell because it's a it's a very specific game where you, you want to play away. But I would I would have thought that um, I would have thought that he would have been ideal for this type of game. i have talked about him before. He's been a, an absolute pest, but and maybe they'll just you know they are just season them in and they're just saying you know what we'll, we'll go with a system for one specific game and i i think, don't think you can argue that the way Dundee set up nearly worked for them yeah yeah they took advantage of mistakes by celtic and and yeah ultimately they got no points but they were close to getting a point i i they would probably have deserved a point if they, they'd held on but their, their defense the last few minutes that they did just start to, you know, as as you naturally do. Um, not to the extent that United did, but they did still kinda of get pushed further and further back. And you saw like McCowan um, right right in the lead up to go, McCowan got the ball to try and take it out, but he's got nobody anywhere near him, so he's just having to try and kinda of run himself. Um try and take a man on. He gets he gets dispossessed and probably within fifteen seconds it's in the net up the other end. And that's probably what they'll be disappointed about. I think they, they didn't cover themselves in glory, the defending for this the third goal, um, especially down, down down that left-hand channel, and then obviously the goalkeeping error for, for the second one from Lawler. I mean, who,
1: that's, that's now just a, a gamely occurrence.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, he's not as good a goalkeeper as um, as Legston's. Legston's might have his issues, but fundamentally not as good a goalkeeper, and, and you've seen that, but... Um, yeah, it's, it's it's quite a hard game to talk about. Beyond that, I think I think Dundee can probably be quite pleased with how they played. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, McGee will be chuffed for a first game to to have that to have that type of impact. I know he at a point would have been absolutely brilliant, but. There's the the questions that have been said about Mark McGee coming in serving the the touchline ban. Is he yesterday's man? He's not been a manager here for a long time. He was, a, I think, he was an assistant down south. of I'm right, I think they've swapped places for for coming up here. So, like, he, he was sort of like a totally forgotten guy. And so of the things that he did achieve in the past, that like Motherwell and stuff, um, are, are well in the past and completely forgotten. So. He needs to, he needs to have a good start because there's there's just so many doubts. So I think not getting trounced and picking the sort of he didn't have to play three at the back, for example. That's a choice that he's made. Um, and and that and that sort of looking tactically good in in terms of their setup and and organisational skills for, for his first getting to for his first game. I think's good. I think it also proves something. I th- spoke about it a few times. I think. With Celtic, you have to play three at the back. They've got they're so strong, they're strong everywhere, but they're so strong in central areas, and they play so much in central areas because the way the full backs come into the middle and how dominating and they like to play through the middle. Um that I feel like you do playing three at the back, three, five, two allows you just to disrupt with sheer numbers without being even like uh like anything where anyone has to do anything particularly well. Uh, just because there's so little ways of stopping the Celtic team but I think that would be if you if I was going against Celtic that'd be the first thing I would do that's how I'd set up to play them and um, to move back to Celtic's sort of lineup. how did you feel Maida was sort of he, he got moved out to the left-hand side which I haven't seen him yet I'm happy to be sort of connected on that um, instead of playing that sort of centre-forward role how do you thought he got on?
0: I'm I'm not sold on him. I think we've talked a little bit about him. He, he has an he has something to offer. I think he can he he can play on the shoulder quite well. There's maybe similar. We talked about Sakala, and and there's maybe similarities there. He's maybe got he's not he's not exact same type of player, but there's just that aspect of doesn't he? does not quite fit the way they want to play normally. It doesn't mean he's not worth having as a different option. Um, but there's just... He obviously hit the ground running. I think when he scored against Hibs, everybody's like, all right, he brought him in and he scores within about three minutes of his debut, but um, since then, I, I think technically he's maybe not on the same level as a lot of the other guys. He's more
1: workman-like. Um, he struck me... He struck, I was talking to Fowler about this as well. It's just like, he's, like, um, he's quite workman-like. He, he reminds me of... He, he really reminds me of, of, of a Scottish Premiership striker, actually. Like, not, not, not absolutely perfect, but really, really willing... Um, he does have a decent touch and he works the channels well. So, like, he, he suits... I think he'll suit our game, but, yeah, I totally agree with you, but I don't know if he's on the... I just I think with Celtics just how much they will improve and their style will suit so much when Kyogo comes back. Yeah, yeah. And I'm saying that even after Jackie Maki scored a hat-trick and I was talking up elements of his game, but I feel like me mean you're talking about we're talking about elements of Jackie Macca's game elements of Maida's game that we think are good and then what they're lacking whereas Kyogo fits the bill exactly yeah. and they have no one who can replace that sort of whatsoever
0: I think both those forwards are predictable like they're, they're good players but they are more predictable so you know you roughly know what's coming you know how they're going to try and make things happen for them but Kyogo just is very difficult to, to put a handle on and, and that's maybe the difference. I mean, you, you saw it, it was, it was stark on, um, on Thursday night, just how, how much they struggled, I think. Just they kind of ran out of ideas. Jota didn't have the best game, um, the other night. And, and when he's not on form and when a quiet and when they've not got Kyogo and they've not got someone like David Turnbull, who's another guy who just kind of makes something happen when Rogic isn't playing well, when all these things happen, and you don't have those guys on on peak form, they become much less exciting to watch, and they become less. You become less worried about them, I think, as an opposing. But someone who, I mean, but don't get me wrong. Every time I watch them, I want them to lose, um, as I did yesterday. <laughs> um, I don't think it, I don't think it's unfair to say that. Um, it's a bit different European games because it keeps a bit of interest um, at least when when they get through. But um, I was less worried for Dundee than I have been for other teams that I watched them play because there was just. It's a wee bit of less Yeah, it's just a, they didn't have the same rhythm. But as as I said, like you can't do that. If, you can't play thirty eight games a season or fifty games a season as Celtic have to play to the standards that they set in their better performances, to the standard they set in that first half against Rangers. So just turning up, getting three points wherever you need to, I think is It's huge. It's all that matters. And and with that we will we I will move just, on Just so before
1: you do, like, I think you're right there because like the the, the form's been poor recently because the Wraith Rovers game, they got the four 0 they didn't play well, but they got the win. Then Bodo glint they don't they, they don't play well at all and they get thumped and then they are they've had to scrape it over. So they're obviously at a weak period of the season, but as you're saying, they're they're through in one cup. They they have got the three points in the league. And obviously if you're not if you're not formed then good teams on the continent will take advantage of that so I mean that's just the way it works
0: yeah and the, the type, I think they will want to win the Conference League because they, they would have seen it as a potential chance at a European trophy but it wouldn't be the worst thing for a title race probably and they go out but um, just especially when we've talked about them okay they've got a squad of about 50 players but talks about them tying everyone out. But we will move on to the game that I think you were at on Saturday, Tony, um Hibernian with a fairly comfortable victory over Ross County.
1: Yeah, for for once. Um with my with a move away from my sort of hips, I mean and think about it from 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 the podcast point of view, I was really disappointed in in Ross County. I thought they, they, they offered like nothing, and I, and and I don't really see why they, they've been they've been playing relatively they've been playing well recently, and I know the results have started to get a bit more mixed after a period where it was really really positive. But I thought they'd come out of that that way where they, you know, where they, they didn't take part in games. And earlier in the season that was happening, and they were just they sort of just existing. And they have so much. They, we we've seen they have quality in forward areas. They actually have depth in forward areas as well and they have done nothing. I think Porteous completely... He concentrated a lot on on Charles Cook, and Charles Cook, who's playing, as he's been playing quite a lot recently, a central role, um, basically just off just off White, even going beyond White. He's basically playing up front, really, and, and Porteous sort of concentrated on him, and, and he never got any change out of Porteous whatsoever. And I was just disappointed in general. I didn't really get the the lineup it was sort of like a four two 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 or a a four two three one, whatever. And they they never played they never played and they lost and um thingy I can't believe he's just forgotten his name. Um Blaise Spittle, sorry, was, it, it was was injured and, and wasn't playing in that central role. So they went with uh, Peyton Peyton and Tilson and I thought that made them weaker. I mean I thought Spittle's been playing relatively well in that area. I've, I've I've quite liked the idea of it and keeping the quality on the pitch, keeping his set pieces on the pitch. And I didn't really understand taking Hongbo off and not starting him because they could have with his pace and power and Charles Cook and Callahan with the movement they've had in games. It's caused teams problem, and it could have helped. They could have pinned Hibbs wing backs further back. And anyone who's watched Hibbs at any length can see that, that the wing backs are really important and. And Hib's build-up, them getting space and getting down the doing the line is, is exactly what Maloney's style is. And he plays in there and then he looked to release them to get to the byline. But they, they didn't really play them, so I felt that, that sort of Cadden um, and, and Doig were able to just constantly play forward and Cadden didn't usually create created a lot of chances, was getting to the byline a lot. Doig nearly scored a, a couple of goals that he was getting up there and he had a good game. He got wiped out a couple of times. Because they were struggling to get over to to stop him, so yeah. I mean, before I go on to, to Hibs, I just I, I was really really quite disappointed in in Ross County because I've I've watched them a fair bit recently, and I just expected, I thought that their their standards have moved up. If you understand what I mean, Craig, that they wouldn't get to this this level of of performance, and they just they done absolutely nothing.
0: Yeah, and I mean, there was, a, there was individual mistakes as well. I mean, um, the, the one uh, that the Vulcans, when he just kind of needlessly gives away the ball, it creates a good chance for him. He had law making a, a really bad error for the first goal, which for some reason was completely ignored by commentary. They just kept going on about how much a good finish it was. Uh, yeah. And it's like, well, no, it's, it's gone right through him. Um, so, so, yeah, they, they were making mistakes. Their setup wasn't good. And, and, it, and it did feel like a bit like a throwback to the start of the season. And you worry because... Um, you know, St Johnston and Dun- well, St Johnston are picking up a bit. We'll talk about them them later. Dundee, or are- I've changed their manager. We don't know how well it'll go. But they made not, a punt for it. They've clearly yeah, got an they've, idea. on are going something. for it. In County, are- even though they've been in pretty good form of late, they've not got that far away from them. Like they've they've built a wee buffer, but not not so much that it can be swallowed up in a couple of weeks if they if they revert to poor performances. And and yeah, that this this was was not their best, but let's focus on the positives Tony because I think you know another win for Hibs coming off the back of a good a good showing against our growth last week as well um, yeah. does it start to give you a bit more confidence for the rest of the season?
1: Yeah, yeah definitely I think um, we're starting to see the things that I liked about I thought Jake Doyle Hayes not just with the goals I thought he looked a lot better I mean I, I like Doyle Hayes I think there's a lot to like in his game I was worried I felt like maybe under Ross he, he sort of, I felt like he started off really, really well, and he was a driving force in midfield. Um, and he would ball carry at points, and he was always looking to play forward. And then over time, he sort of became more sideways and backwards. And I get the feeling I felt that was coached. I felt Ross likes his likes his midfielders to to recycle, and and obviously and and like have our match winners as the front three to do the to do the attacking. So I was worried about that, and it was good to see Doyle Hayes getting more license in there. He still gives the ball. He was still giving the ball away a bit too much, but I thought he had a really, really good game. Josh Campbell again. I'm just not a fan at all. I just don't think he's a very good football player whatsoever. And I can't wait for for Joe Neal to get to get fit. The thing, my, my theory with Campbell is he, he, he's good off the ball. He works his socks off. I feel like Maloney's using him as an example to other players about what he expects. And I think managers do this from time to time and they'll use, he's basically using them because next season he wants other players in the team who are of higher quality than Campbell. This is what you need to do to get into the team. And then once they're up to that, they're willing to do it. That's my theory anyway. I feel like managers do use players like that, especially when they first come into a, to a club when they want to set a a certain standard. Um, in terms of players who play, like, like Sylvester Jasper's a player I, I really like. It's great to see finally Hibbs having a player who's he's playing in the forward roles but he's dropping into midfield but he, he, he's willing to turn with the ball and then drive it and, and he's willing to commit men I think we, every team needs players who are willing to do that and Hibbs obviously had the the best arguably of that type of player with, with Martin Boyle and, and Jasper I'm feeling well not at, th- at that level he certainly will allow us to tactically be able to do that and have a player who plays in that fashion and he's very confident and for a guy of his age who's come over uh, playing in the top flight for the first time He's really confident, and he would wouldn't stop getting the ball. He took quite a few hits. They were Ross County were pretty agricultural in their in their tackles, which is they, they're right coming to coming Easter Road or whatever. But he took a few kicks, and he kept on getting up. And I thought he played really, really, really well. And Doig is really coming on to a game after maybe quite a ropey start to the to the season. And Ewan Anderson had a few chances. He thought he the wrong option once when he should have cut it back but he nearly scored second and the Hibs created a lot of chances and once we got a goal ahead I think the Hibs picked Ross County off quite well and that was like with, with they play playing the passes but there's still bits that we give the ball away far too much and that's because he, we're insisting on playing a, a style which I'm, I'm more than happy to see Hibs try and do and, and, and see it implemented but players do give it away far too often in the simple moment so we do the difficult bit you break the press and then you've got this key pass that's to come to go out wide and someone either doesn't see it because they've got their head down and they play a simple pass or they execute it purely and it's nothing to do with standard of player these are simple passes that the players should be able to get so that gets people a bit frustrated in the ground um Dre b- Wright and James Scott came on, Craig, and got mood. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> which I, thought- I just
0: I just thought even, even James Scott's contribution that led to a chance which was when he played that kinda of cross field pass. Uh, yeah, yeah. He under he underhit it big time but it, it- it just made it through anyway yeah. it was to Doig wasn't it yeah. um, and I was just like you know the guy the guy just needs a break but um, it's not it's not coming for him at all no
1: no he's he's he's, he's possibly one of the worst signings I've ever seen Hibs make in terms of work, in terms of their contribution on the park I know I know James Scott for before so that's what makes it even more difficult to fathom because he's done absolutely nothing uh, but now the fans are I don't understand that like Maloney's decided he wants to keep these guys and play them uh, we'll call on to someone else I still think Scott, we could have saved the money by getting rid of Scott because we've got more than enough attacking players now. With Muller there, Henderson there, Jasper there. We've got Deutsch, Nesbet, There's plenty of players there. But they've also kicked Scott and Wright, which I don't really understand. And then they got rid of Halberg and all it took was an injury to you, And it's like you've only got Josh Campbell and um, Jake Doyle Hayes to play centre midfield because Scott Allen, he doesn't want to play him and that's fine. Because I mean, in the shape that we're playing, you probably can't play Scott Allen as a two. You probably couldn't play Scott Allen in a two in midfield when he was fit and hadn't had these sort of health or injury problems that that, that have come up that are, are hurting him just now. So I think Halberg, when he gets fit. Well I don't think I, I want, don't want the future of Hibs To be Halberg At the time I still think You can be smart And go right We need him He is good enough To play at this level As he's certainly shown When he went to St Johnson And he's shown at times For Hibbs when he was fit So I think that Could be a smart move But Jake Doyle has to get two goals Well wow, Two from outside the box First, of all, I should have got to say, but the second one's absolutely it's brilliant. It's
0: tremendous. It, the technique's just superb. And it's a wee bit more back to something he did a bit more when he was at um, St. Mirren. Because when he was at St. Mirren, he did he did score, or he didn't score necessarily that many goals, but like, you know, he, he was getting into good positions. He was getting himself forward a lot more. And when he's been at Hibs, he's maybe been a wee bit constrained when he has been playing.
1: Yeah, so that, that's exactly what I just said that the, at the start of this sort of segment. Uh, I was worried about him, but I hope that he keeps on growing because I, I, I like Jake Doyle Hayes. There's a lot to like about the player, and I think, and, and I get the feeling like likes him. Um, so hopefully, he keeps getting his freedom and he'll hang around the edge of the box. We want to hit shots, try and thread passes through for players, and then when hopefully Neil comes back, that gives us the much more Neil's quite an all action player. Uh, so like that that really helps in that role. But yeah, it's, it's, there's there's more positives. We're creating chances. We don't look as easy to score against now. Um, I thought Rocky Bashuri will go again. I'm going to ask you about this on the Patreon. I thought it was really cute. He got away with it, and I think you would. I think you, about VAR, you couldn't get away with that uh, at the first goal. And I thought it was quite clever from him. Um, he had a, he had a decent game again. He's just really he's timing for jumping for. In the air is bizarre. He headers it off the top of his head all the time, which I'm, I'm imagining will will get found out at some point. But um, he's only 22, as I said last week, and I think he's played a lot more than maybe we envisaged with with obviously McGinn, Hamlin, and Clark all being out at the at the same time. But we're we're, it's, we're we're getting there, and Maloney needed it. He needed us to to halt any slide to buy himself the time to implement this going into, into next season. You don't want us to be finishing bottom six, eighth, terrible, fans not happy, because he will get next season regardless. He needs to buy the space, get the fans on the side a bit, and then hopefully maybe get lucky and get into Europe this season, and then maybe next season, um, that's when Maloney will be absolutely judged, and he'll be judged fast by pit P- fans.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and the the investment in the squad means that it has to be um, right. We'll we'll move on then. We've got we'll go for the other game that didn't finish in a draw, which was um, St Johnston climbing off the bottom of the table by by beating Hearts to one. You mentioned Milker Halberg; Hall- he was a standout in this game. He was superb, but just in general, there was just there was just a lot more about St Johnston. Yeah, you had to say like they they just it felt not quite back to what they were like last season because it was a, a different setup and all that but just there, there was a little bit more of a more of an identity about them again
1: yeah like so it was like uh, it was in two parts when, when I was watching it and listening to Davidson the, the performance they were they, they sort of like expressed themselves in the first half I like the way I mentioned this before when I watched them play I think it was Livingston at home when when Halberg got sent off, uh, I liked the way they were using Halberg. They were using him as an advanced midfielder, playing sort of on the right of a of a three in the middle, and he was the most advanced. And I thought that worked again quite well. The, the, he nearly set up the exact same goal. Like Ali Crawford hit the post in that game, and in this and in this game, it linked. They linked up quickly and well. Middleton really smart with a quick pass, and then Halberg cutting it back for the goal. That, as I say, that's not an accident. That's something I've seen in, in other games when, when Halberg's playing. Middleton, I'm not his biggest fan at all, but he does have more quality than, say, James Brown, for for, for example. So when he played in in that role and Halberg was moving forward in that midfield three, he, the link-up play he was able to use with him was was of a higher quality than, than they had in the game that I watched previously. So that was great. And then the second half, when they got ahead and they were 2-1 up, they went back to the wall. Hearts really put them under pressure. It looked like there was a lot of scrambles on, in the box, similar to like what we were talking about with the Dundee United game. And, and they were able to, to hold out, which they've not really done this season. That's been the biggest, most galling part of, of St John's this season, is they lost that sort of grip between their teeth that they, they had. They were so good at it last season. So, Davidson will be really, really pleased. And that's a huge win for them. And I. I, I I'm starting to get the feeling I think they might, they might pull away and actually get out of this.
0: Sorry, I was on on <laughs> mute there. Hopefully, I did that out. Um, sorry, um, the um, performance was good, and yeah, I agree with you, Tony. I think they will. Um, I think they will probably, or they they have given themselves a much better chance. I think since they lost to Kelty, it's, um, it's only one defeat and six in the league since then. Um, you know, maybe some draws in amongst that and all that, but they're starting to pick up, pick up points, pick up form. They've they've caught Dundee. They will be looking up to Ross County now. They will be looking to the teams above that as well. They're no longer. Um, yeah, they're, they're no longer kind of looking doomed the way I think they, they probably were um, for for a bit of a spell. The one thing that punctuated this game, I thought, was um, was really poor goalkeeping, um, and and that was for both sides. I mean, you fear for Hearts when you see that Craig Gordon is out. It it, it always baffles me that a club the size of Hearts doesn't have a slightly better backup goalkeeper. I mean, no harm to Ross Stewart. He was fine as our backup in the Championship because um, it's maybe the standard that you might occasionally see him get a game at. But that they didn't bring in someone somehow to be, you know, they, I mean, Craig Gordon's going to play every game and he's fit. He's, he's probably the best goalkeeper in the league, and, and that's fine. But you, you just in case, like, have someone, you know, if it's a young guy, if it's an experienced player, you know, like Aberdeen have got Gary Woods. He's not the best goalkeeper. We, we, you wouldn't have him as your first choice. Hearts had Steve Banks at one point a while ago someone like that like like he's, he's, he's been about he's not the best but he's not like Ross Stewart where just he, you just have no confidence in him as a goalkeeper and, and, and that's I mean it's a harsh thing to say about the guy and he, and he probably if he was playing a level down he might not do too bad but when you're trying to finish third in the league you need a better goalkeeper than that and at the other end Parish, he's not quite that he's, he's played a lot at this level but similarly when, when Xander Clark's not there, you can understand that being the level of St Johnston's backup goalkeeper. But he he made a couple of saves. I think the saves you would expect a goalkeeper to make, but nonetheless he made them, but he was still he was still hugely at fault for the heart school, I thought the carry the the out, yeah, yeah. And then and then the the way he dealt with the the finish, it just it just it looked like it was an outfielder in goals. It was like trying to, you know, <laughs> yeah. try to do whatever he could to block the ball rather than a guy that it was his profession. So, I think that was one thing that, that jumped out. Is understandable for St Johnston. I, I, I really don't get it that club the size of Hearts doesn't have a, a better goalkeeper on their books apart from him. Um, on Hearts' performance, I, I think they're going through a bad spell. It was maybe inevitable for them, but they they were lucky to get through against Livingston in the cup. They've had a wee stumble in the league. Nielsen, Nielsen is never going to be everyone's favourite manager at that club. So he does. He talked about you know Maloney, you know having time and stuff. Nielsen has time in the sense that he's just brought them up. He probably will finish third, but it won't take long to turn on him. Well, they've, um, heard, they've done, they've done people, it before. Yeah, <laughs> done it before. Exactly.
1: and, 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 and the, the, the games that, that where the, this sort of comes, it's no surprise. The fans get antsy because they go to Glasgow, they get thumped five 0 They got Easter Road, they don't win again. And I'm not saying that's a problem for them drawing at Easter Road. It's just that under Nielsen they don't win again against Hibs, even when Hibs are going through what was a, a, a transitional or a poor season or, or whatever you want to, or whatever you want to call it. And then suddenly the knives. Are, they, I'm not going to use Twitter as a, a gauge for everyone, but the knives come out quite quickly. And then they struggle against Livingston, and then they then they've lost the bottom teams right away. It no to me, it's no surprise that what kicks that off is not beating Hibs. And getting humped in Glasgow, they are the games where he he he's always been criticised and always been, um, and and the fans always been suspicious of him at, at those games. And then fans turn a little bit. Then suddenly the heads are down at Tynecastle. Then they're they're struggling. Uh, the, the the fans aren't quite as vocal. They aren't having as much fun. And then there's a bit of booing. And then the players sort of have a downturn in form. And I was when I saw the when I saw the players that were out, they were missing like the 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 spine of their team well Gordon um, Benny was out and and Boyce was out I mean the, that's like arguably three of their of their best players so I I wasn't surprised to see them to see them struggle especially with their with their record at at, at that ground in, it's in, over
0: ten over ten years without a win when you think that both teams have mostly been in the top flight for that period that's a couple of years out but it's 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 for Hearts being a team that have finished above St Johnstone a couple of times at least in that period, it's not like you know they're constantly battling away below them and stuff. So yeah, it's it's it's, it's just one of those weird ones. But yeah, they they they. Deserve to lose as well. I think they they, they do have some worries. Um, we we would love to spend more time talking about Hearts on this podcast <laughs> as everyone else does, but we should move on to the last couple of games. A couple of a one one draws. So we'll start at for Park Aberdeen under the under the new management of Jim Goodwin. And um, we, we talked at length about about him. I think um, last week and what we thought he could do for them, but the. Turned in a typically Jim Goodwin-like performance, I think, to come away with a point. They could have maybe had three at, um, at a, d- a difficult place, especially for them this season, because they've lost every game to to Muller before that. So getting a point, it just it just kind of makes for a good start.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, the, he done the first thing he done that 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 got me well, not excited, but uh, that I thought great was that Ross McCrory back in the midfield. I was talking about you last week with you. I was talking about on the podcast with Fowler a few weeks back that I think it's been a huge shame and and a, and a huge waste of McCrory's talents and, and and they looked so much better with his as, as any team would with with his legs, his ability to drive is is he he he's so sort of agile and powerful going both ways, so he can he, he can track back when 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 Aberdeen lose the ball and he can also be a guy who who ball carries and that's a huge difference like Scott Brown. Scott Brown doesn't really have the ability to do that anymore and, and that's not a criticism. I mean, Scott Brown, I don't think he's been the the worst signing for, for 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 Aberdeen by any stretch and McGeoch, I just don't feel that he's got the, again, the legs to be the driving force. He was always the guy who would sort of break the early press at Hibs and then get the ball to, to John McGinn, which he done superbly well when he was at Hibs, but... I think a team of Aberdeen's level should have a proper box-to-box central midfielder, and they bought one who was doing very well in that role. And it's—I'm glad to see that Jim Goodwin come in and earmark that instantly and put McCrory back in the midfield, and he had a huge impact on the performance by all accounts.
0: Yeah, and and I think—I mean—the downside of that is it left them pretty ropey at the back. I think I think Gallagher will probably be up up um, up Goodwin Street, and if he can maybe get a tune out of him. We know what he can do at this level. We didn't. He certainly didn't do it. The um, weekend he was he was kind of bullied a bit again. Um, <laughs> yeah. But D- David Bates, it's just it's just again, it's just he's just not good enough. And We're I don't. I'm not again, going Pring. to go the exact exact <laughs> same stuff I said last week. But he was at the at the heart of everything that went badly for Aberdeen because there was a lot went well for Aberdeen, and I thought in the counter attack looked great. It's what you come to expect from Goodwin, and I think there, there's this perception that if you're a club besides Aberdeen. You can't possibly play counter-attacking football. You can't possibly, you know, play on errors from your opponents. But, like, it's, it's nonsense. Like, you just have to go. Like, Rangers didn't win one, one titles playing like that under Walter Smith a lot of the time. You have to do what gets you wins. And if getting you wins is, you know, setting up pace in the wide areas, counter-attacks, someone like McCrory kind of making the deep, the, the runs forward, all of that stuff, they looked... Imp- immediately a more coherent attacking outfit you saw some of the, i mean the the, the goal is a, a good example of it but there were plenty of um plenty of similar moves where players are um you know just it's just immediately you think like those two wide players know where they're meant to be in this attack you've got a forward who's kind of drifting into good positions just everything you would hope for and and so Immediately for me, as, a, as someone watching on, I, I thought, yeah, he's put his stamp, even though he only was the manager that morning, basically he's, he's put his stamp at least a wee bit on, on how they want to play. Maybe, I mean, maybe it was a coincidence, but what do there you- was that... For-
1: what, what do you think about that? I mean, I, I don't want to get bored down in this because I think some of this, this, this is really silly. Like uh, when Van Bronckhorst got criticised for not being the manager against. Um, when, when he,
0: against when Hibs. He, when I guess, Hibs, when he legally wasn't allowed to be. Yeah, yeah.
1: But um, I was quite. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I was a wee bit impressed because Goodwin, I'm sure, could have got away with not taking the job, but it shows his confidence, his belief in himself, his belief that him being there on the touchline and in the dressing room before the game and at time will have an impact. He obviously believes in himself that, and he's not looking, and what I love, is no, no looking for any self-preservation. I'm in. He, I'm, I'm doing, I want to impact this. I quite like that with Goodwin. He really does strike me as a confident guy. He's such a clear speaker, so I, I would... Um, sort of sign up to your claim there, maybe that he just he's good at, really good at being able to get his point across, and he could maybe have an impact in that well, time. The,
0: the thing is, he's not, you know, you talk about Sean Maloney needing time to to get his team playing the way that he plays is fairly simple. It's that you know you're not telling players to do anything they're not used to. You're telling you know your wide players, you know, hug the touchline, come inside sometimes when you've got the ball be quick, get up and down the park, you've got your midfielders, you know, go both ways. <laughs> you know, the, the, you tell these two centre-backs, you know, don't do anything fancy. That's kind of how his St Mirren teams play. I think it's how they the, the bits this obvious Aloha team, it's how they played. Like, it, it makes it much easier to get a message across quickly compared to a manager who yeah, needs needs to, you know, and, and, and that was better or worse or anything like that, but certainly for this situation of coming in on the morning of a game, basically, yeah, I think it is, it's a good... It's for the fans as well to see, right, you've got your new guy, he's there, you've not got some caretaker who's going to be away in two days' time um, taking your team. Must make a difference. On on the pitch, yeah, they, they, were, they were better. Mullerwell were fine. I think it wasn't the best Mullerwell performance, to be honest. I think they, they may be... Was somewhat lucky to get the point. I think maybe that's unfair. Like they definitely didn't do enough to win the game. What, I've,
1: what, what yeah. I've heard the second half, I didn't watch this full ninety minutes, unfortunately. But I said that they were, they, they were, they were much better second half. And, and like you were saying, I just the, the running battle with Van Veen and Gallagher is so good because. It's not really a battle. Van V gets the better of him yeah. every single time.
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. And, and Gallagher, like for a guy who, I mean, you you just remember him up against Mitrovic. I know you can just keep rolling back to that. He absolutely bullied Mitrovic out of that game. Mitrovic was nowhere in that. You know, the biggest game of of, of well, probably both, well, not probably both, because Mitrovic Mitrovic's played that World Cup, but the biggest game of Declan Gallagher's career, I think, it would By be street, fair to yeah. say um, he was there. But then, yeah, he he's up against Kevin Van Veen and he's not he's no Alexander Mitrovic and yet. Yeah,
1: it's like it's like van veen's properly got into his head eh? he's just got he's just got his number somehow and because he just he acts rash around them, I think that, and, that yeah. and that's when I think someone's got in your head. He doesn't he didn't have it in the. He was so laser focused against Mitrovic, for example. Yeah, uh, but like with Van Veen's got in his head over time, and now he just even when he when he managed to turn him in that Gallagher's just so desperate to get for the ball. So rather than just stand off him and make sure he can't turn to hit the shot. He, he he wants to he wants to beat him. He wants to get the ball, and that's the poor decision at that one because that allows Van Veen to, to spin him, get the shot in, and then and then Mark Hara gets into to um to to get the goal.
0: Yeah, and and I think that's uh, it. Can just be these running battles that maybe a guy doesn't quite the matchup doesn't quite work for you, and I think that's the case for him. But I can see maybe Goodwin out of all the managers that they could have brought in, Goodwin's one that maybe could get a. Get something out of Gallagher um, if if he fancies him, but I, I I just cannot see him having any patience for David Bates at all. I think he'll be trying other options pretty quickly. Um, like it wouldn't surprise me if he was trying to bring in a short, you know, a short term someone out of contract, you know, a, an Irish player, an English player, someone from you know, experience down south, just to, so he doesn't have to pick pick Bates. Um, we'll, we'll move on from there. we will move on to our last game, another one one draw. Uh, Livingston drawn with, with the, the team that, that Jim Goodwin obviously left St. Mirren. They had uh, Jamie Langfield as a, as a caretaker. <laughs> Doing the opposite of throwing his hat into the ring after the game. It was like, he could not distance himself from that. I, I don't know if he's further. maybe going to Aberdeen. I don't know, but it was, he could not have, he could not have been any less interested in that job. Um, but the, it, it was quite, I feel like I've seen this game involving both of these teams quite a lot. <laughs> the, the way they both played, like it wasn't a bad game. You could sit and watch it, but at the same time, if you told me Livingston, Livingston won, St to won, I'd be like, "Yep, that sounds that sounds right." And the yeah, um, they they I, I find it hard to, to say much about it to be honest. And and that's again, it was not because it was a bad game. It's because if you said to me, "Well, what?" what are Livingston going to do and what are St Mirren going to do? Well, that's kind of what they both did.
1: I was excited. Um, as I said last week, I saw that St Mirren, had start, sorry, Livingston had started using Nubly out wide. I saw that they'd done it against Hearts, sort of like, oh, maybe an hour into the game. And then this one, they actually went and, and started about there. And, and he has a... I think he has a huge impact at the goal. He does the little drag back and in, in the through ball that allows them to cut it back and and get the goal. And, and Nubly, uh, that's something that I've, I said I really didn't. Want, I don't watch enough Championship at all, so I didn't see him. Our Broth and I've been quite um, impressed. I'm think I'm contractually obliged to say good feet for a big man.
0: Uh, I think you saw you you also saw why he didn't score a lot of goals mm. for our Broth. Though when he had that chance at the back post, and he just completely fluffed his lines on it, but.
1: Basically that's exactly. these are the players that uh the bottom half of the premiership facilitators, Craig, something we've we've spoken about on the tennis podcast, I feel for years, because of Livingston, Hamilton Ackies with <laughs> all these and with um with Bruce Anderson, I, I mean I think it was his goal and and, and they got and he he got them that he got them that goal. That's uh, new play. I think is it it'll be fine to have that when you've got the quality of, of, of Alan Forrest in terms of finishing and crossing and Anderson certainly seems to have really come quite a good a decent goal scorer this season uh, and, and and assists. I mean he's involved in I feel like he's involved in nearly every goal they score when he when he gets on the park. Um and then new he he won't be under immense strain to to, to score a lot of goals and now when you've got I think if they're going with I know they've got o- um, Odin on Bailey the, on the bench and stuff I know he plays but I like the idea of Forrest Anderson and Noobly in terms of like the mix of attributes they are uh, the the awkwardness of 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 the players you've got the pass factor of Anderson his touch is good he's now he's becoming much more of a penalty box striker than, than he probably was previously and then you've got Alan Forrest sort of crossing ability uh, finishing ability he, he sort of backs himself especially when he's at his best he's his final his final ball and his end product can be quite of a high standard and then you've got Nubly who's quite good with the ball at his feet clever. And clearly, just due to sheer size, unbelievably awkward to to play against. I can see that being. I mean, it's not going to be for a few weeks because Forrest is is clearly going to leave at the at the end of the season. But I like it. I like it. I like it a lot, actually, to be honest. And then with Livingston, they seem to have really. It's taken a long time. They seem to have really settled on that that midfield three. Pittman seems to have found his way back in. He was in and out at this season, but Holt. Omionga and Pittman seems to be the that that seems to be playing every single game now.
0: It's a very very nice blend, I think. Those three players, so it it, it makes sense. But yeah, their disappointment will be. There's been a couple of games recently where they've they've just chucked away, um, you know, potential wins, and and, you know that could be the difference. Thinking positive for them, the difference between the top six or not, the difference between (laughs) Europe or not, it could be the difference between getting sucked into a relegation battle because it is that bunched up in the middle.
1: but Subban and never made any Subban didn't make any changes. The, 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 no, team, uh, they went the exact same team that they've been playing since uh, Jordan Jones and, and Gogic basically came into the team and it was that fourth. Uh, and obviously Brophy coming in for for Grieve might be in the future. We'll, we'll find out. But I'm getting the feeling that Subban team's team sort of set in stone now
0: yeah yeah I think it's a, good win would leave but they'd be as well just yeah, yeah even if it was a caretaker at the end of the season they kind of know how to, how to set it up and everything now but um, it's just like what we talked about with, with him earlier um, but the I think the the disappointment for Levy with equaliser will be I think Alan Forrest is a bit of an earshot trying to clear it and, and you know maybe he gets that away in, in the goal that it's a really nice finish from Kilty who I think scored at that end of uh, of the stadium for Kelly last season as well but he's really um, coming on at a game since, he has, since January he is yeah. doing well um, but, yeah, the, St Mirren will be pleased to go away. No manager get a point. Looks like they might be appointing Stephen Robinson, which I think would be a, a good appointment. So, it sounds like um, that's similar.
1: He's, he's, they've, had a, they've had a bid accepted compensation-wise, I saw before I came on. It seems smart. I mean, it was. I could see the, the excitement levels about Brown and with Stephen Naismith, and these guys do need to be given a, a chance at some point, but it's almost like... Um, Sort of Gerrard and, and Lampard down south. You mean maybe these? Should you be going straight into Aberdeen or or, or Saint Mirren uh, as the as the manager straight away? It's pretty big, nearly enough a top six team right now, and you get to go straight in there. Maybe do you not? Should you not play some sort of? Um, I mean, we spoke about Maloney last week. He's he's done an apprenticeship uh, in in other ones. I mean, Naismith's done under 18 at Hearts. He's never worked really with the first team. Feel like it is. It would be, doesn't mean it's right, it doesn't mean it's wrong, but it would have been high risk for St Mirren to go straight for, for one of them.
0: I think I mean, I mean. think Naismith um, interviewed for the Kelly job and obviously got the connections to the club and it's a lower level. Um, and I think I think was quite impressive, obviously, with with McInnes being able to get him. In the, and there's no, no comparison with those two in terms of experience, etc. But yeah, I agree with you and, and Robinson would make sense and it will keep... Uh, there's, there's not going to be a massive need for a, a big sea change in how they play. It's, I mean, it's it's a similar identity. It's like a team, a club that switched on and saying, "Right, this guy's left. Let's get someone who's quite similar to him." Um, alright Tony I think we'll call it a day because I see we are once more ticking way past the 60 minute I'm mark I meant to be making this, so. dinner
1: for people as well and I can hear them right, in, my, we'll, in my living room
0: <laughs> we, will, we, will, um, we will finish up um, we, we're, go- we're still going to do a Patreon yeah, Tony yeah, of are you? we're going to do a Patreon um, talking about some of the refereeing decisions from, from the weekend, thank you once again to all of you for listening today um when at whatever point of the day you are listening. Um there's no point in putting a tonight on it even though we are recording tonight you may well be listening in the morning. Um and we're gonna yeah do this Patreon. For those of you who haven't have a have a think if you can afford to and if you're interested in hearing more from us, patreon.com forward slash terrace podcast I believe it is. And there's various tiers you can join up. Lots of good content on there. I would say that because um it, it makes us money, but nonetheless, you can have a look and see what you think. Um, but I, I think it is worth a try um, if if you're at all uh, there, at all enjoying there the is, podcast. There is certainly, content. There's loads and loads <laughs> of content that cannot be cannot be questioned. If your volume of content, um, all right. So thanks very much, uh, Tony. Cheers, mate. And thanks to the listeners. Sports Social Podcast Network.